Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. It's a terrible thing when in a team sport, those that are on the team start fighting one another, right? That's almost always how you know that they're going to lose. When you got inner fighting on a team, that's the beginning of the end. And so within the body of Christ, we talk about that all the time. That's why we don't want to be fighting with one another. We want to be loving on each other, looking out for each other, building up each other, just caring for, nurturing. But we don't want to be fighting with one another. Our fight is out there with with, with some other entities. Amen. Have you ever been a part of a team where nobody got along? Every time something is achieved, it doesn't happen without raising issues with others on the team. Pastor Bill reminds us today how dangerous it could be with a team that doesn't have your back. For Christians, the church should be your crew. As part of that crew, you're responsible for encouraging others, lifting them up and giving support, just like they should be doing for you. Now, Here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 as he begins his message, Run, Fight, Win. Well, in um, 1 Corinthians, last week we started chapter 9 and we made it to verse 22. Just a brief recap of all that. Paul was talking about how that he became all things to all men, all men that he might win some, that the goal of his life was he wanted to win people to the Lord. And if that meant that he laid down some of his own liberty, um, if he died to himself in some area, that he might be more effective as a witness for Christ. That's what Paul was saying. And he even showed us last week how that Paul put his money where his mouth is, so to speak. You know, Paul said, look, I have a right as an apostle to receive from you guys, but y'all are so carnal and I think it would stumble you guys. I won't even take money from you guys. And so Paul wasn't just telling you and I, to let go of some of what we are deserving of or have a right to. He's saying, I do the same thing. If He said, he told one group, if eating meat would stumble you, I wouldn't even eat meat. Paul was very concerned with his witness. He understood that we're really living for eternity. And so hopefully we got that much, you know, that, that we're living for something bigger than what's in front of us on the day to day. There's something greater for the believer. Um, we, we live one life. However many years God gives us on this planet and they run out eventually. These, these years run out and some of us going to live to be old and, and crinkly and all of that. And some people are going to die a little younger, but there's a time uh, limit on this thing that we have called life on earth. But every single one of us is an eternal being. And so whatever your time on earth is, it's, it's going to pale in comparison to your, the time you spend in the next realm in eternity. Uh, We know in eternity, eternity is split into two parts. What are they? Heaven and hell. So it's where you want to be and where you don't want to be. That's it. The Bible says it's appointed a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment, you live one life, you die one death, and then there's eternity. For the believer, eternity is in heaven. For the non-believer, eternity is in hell. That's it. Jesus came to make sure that everybody that would, everybody that wants, would have eternity in heaven. And so Paul understood this. Paul, we talked last week. Five different times, Paul said, man, I, to the Jew, I became like a Jew that I might win the Jews. To the Gentiles, I became like the Gentiles that I'm, he was so concerned with winning lost people to the Lord. And so that was kind of where we left it last week. Now, we got just a little short section uh, in this chapter, but I thought it was important that we, we cover it all together as Paul begins to talk to them about running their race. So look at verse 23. All that we looked at last week, Paul said, now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. 
So all the things that I'm doing, I'm doing them for the sake of the gospel that Paul said, I, I, I want to I partake of the joy of the gospel with you. And I would just ask us before we really get into the meat of today's message, everybody here consider your life, how you're living it day to day, who you are, what God has made you. Everybody here, we're different. We got different gifts, different abilities. We got different platforms, um, different jobs. We got different spheres of influence. How much of what you do on a day-to-day will matter when you die, will matter in eternity. Just think about that. There are things that I can relate to people and share with people that matter here now, right now. It might help you out today. Um, But there are some things that matter for all eternity. And I just would challenge everybody to consider how much of your life is tapped in to that greater part. Do you pray for people? Do you share the gospel with people? Uh, Do you minister to people's spiritual things? Because those are the things that are ultimately going to matter. There are some things that you know, like I said, they may help me out here and now, but there's some things that are forever. And so we want to be a part of doing some forever stuff. Amen. OK, so now Paul goes, look at verse 24. It's the second time he says this. Do you not know? And I just got to tell you that whenever Paul says, do you not know? It's because you should know this. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, when you tell your kids, didn't you know better? You know, because you, you, they, they should have known better than whatever they did. You know, Paul said, do you not know? Because it's something that they should have known. But these Corinthians, we know that they, they've been messing up. So Paul's, I'm going to tell you. You should have known, but I'm going to tell you anyway. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize, run in such a way, he says, that you may obtain it. So Paul is drawing upon the analogy of a race, you know, a foot race. And I got to say this, that. Uh, Paul is in Corinth. He's speaking something that would have um, it would have connected with the Corinthians. They had something in Corinth called the Isthmian. I'm going to spell it for you because the pronunciation is I-S-T-H-M-I-A-N. Isthmian games, however you want to pronounce it. Um, it was second to the uh, ancient Olympics. It would be like our Winter Olympics. And so Corinth, that was something they were known for. And so a lot of times as you read the letters that Paul wrote to churches, he was using sports analogies. So for all you guys that enjoy your sports, you know, a guy's like, well, Paul looked at sports, you know, but he did. He was into it. Um, I would say to the brothers that because some brothers know sports better than they know their Bibles. So to those guys, I would say, I mean, Paul knew sports, but Paul knew his Bible. So if you know sports better than you know your Bible, you need to slow down on your ESPN and pick up your Bible. Uh, but 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 also, you know, we don't want to become those that are like, man, you can't enjoy. You can enjoy some good whatever it is that you enjoy in some sports. Just, just be balanced. All right. So Paul is drawing on the Olympic Games. and He says, hey, in a, when there's a race, everybody's running, but only one person is going to win the prize. Then he tells them run in such a way that you might win it. And. I don't know how many of you guys have competed in sports, but hopefully if you competed in a sport, you were playing to win. Probably one of the most frustrating things in the world is to be on a team with somebody who they don't care if they they want to. They don't they don't play to win. You know, I mean, I want you to go all out. Uh, I want you to play like, you know, I just want to win. And those kind of people that just go like that, that's that they're a blessing to a team. God says that we're running a race. Every believer's in a race. And this is the thing. We're not racing with one another. Right. I'm not trying to beat you and you're not trying to beat me because our races are different. The, the lane God put me in, the things God has called me to do, I'm, I'm trying to get a personal best. And the lane that you're in, the things that God has called you to do, you're trying to get a personal best. We're really running. Everybody's running their individual race. We can be an assistant and a help to one another along the way. 
but we're not in competition with one another. And so that should be the first thing about running the Christian race. We're not in competition. Amen. The family of God are not my, these are not my competitors. When I run up, you know, to get to interact with other pastors, we're not in competition. I'm not in competition with them. We're on the same team doing the same work. And if we can encourage and build each other in the work, praise the Lord. That's the goal. Uh, but we're not in competition. So it, it's a terrible thing when in a team sport, those that are on the team start fighting one another. Right. That's almost always how you know that they're going to lose when you got inner fighting on a team. That's the beginning of the end. And so within the body of Christ, we talk about that all the time. That's why we don't want to be fighting with one another. We want to be loving on each other, looking out for each other, building up each other, just caring for, nurturing. But we don't want to be fighting with one another. Our fight is out there with, with, with some other entities. Amen. And so Paul says, hey, all when you look at the race, everybody's running, but only one person's going to win the prize. I want you to run in such a way that you win. I want you to be in the race in such a way that that you're trying to win. You're going all out. Now, I want you to take this because he's talking about spiritual things. So take that analogy and bring it over to your spiritual life. Right. If you're in the spiritual life and, and, and you look at it like an athlete, that means I got to train a certain way. I got to discipline myself. We'll talk about that in a minute. A certain way. I got to be invested in a certain way because I want to win. I'm not just out here meandering. I'm not out here lightly. I'm not here to see how it goes. I really want to win. That means that I, I may take some, I may take a hit over here and I may, I may suffer through training over there, but I, I really, really want to win. I want to have victory. When you look at your spiritual life, is there that sort of passion in, in spiritual things for you personally? That's, that's everybody personally. Can you look at your spiritual life and say, you know what? I'm, if, if my spiritual life were a race, I think I'd be winning. I mean, I'm, I'm exerting energy. I'm I'm working towards victory. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you if you're writing notes. I had titled today's message. Run, fight, win, um, because those would be the two analogies. Paul's going to look at running, fighting. And ultimately, we want to win, not lose. But as you look at your spiritual life, are you battling like that? Is this something you can say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really working hard at this. And all you got to do is think in your life at things that you did work hard at. As I evaluate my life, I could look at periods of my life, even when I didn't know the Lord, where I could say I really worked hard for this thing right here. I mean, I went hard when I was uh, when I was getting ready for high school football. You know, my sister was a year ahead of me in school. And so I had got to go and see the games and I saw kind of what they had out there. And I remember in eighth grade, I told my mom I needed some weights and uh, she took me to Big Five, got my first set of weights. Remember them old plastic weights with the concrete? That's what I got. Them cement weights. I had me a set of those in the room and I had got a, a book from the library from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I, I did this right. And I was down there. I had a six day a week regimen and I did that regimen every day religiously. I went down there. I didn't know what, you know, to eat. I was, you know, mixing up drinks and me and my buddies were buying amino acids and trying to see like what we could do legally to get as swole as possible. So my goal was when I got to hell week for ninth grade, I mean, I wanted to put it on some people. But I did this eighth grade all through the year. I did it all that summer. You know, it wasn't like I showed up at ninth grade hell week. Like what's going on? I showed up. I felt like, man, this, this better pay off. You know, I better be able to club some people out here. You know, there was I worked hard at that. And so when I got out there, I did that. You know, I, I was I was trying to hurt people. You know, there's football. You know, that's what you do. So y'all all judging me and stuff, you know, but 
I remember that. I'm like, that was there were discipline. That was time I could have been out playing with my friends and I was in there doing the weights instead. And, you know, it was it was a lot of energy and effort and time went into that thing. Right. Now, as I look at my my walk with God, my, my Christian experience, am I willing to do those same things? Will I exert energy? Will I give sacrifice? Will I do the things I need to do to pour in so that I can be the best I can be at what God has called me to be? I'm, I'm, I'm in the Christian race. There's somewhere God's trying to take me. There are things that he wants me to do for his glory. I'm supposed to be helping people along the way. I got I to gotta be doing it so I can bring some people along with me. Um, but it, it, it does require sacrifice. How many of you guys have realized that it's not easy doing this wall? It's not easy. Some, some hands went right up. Some hands like, whoo, you know, like y'all almost, y'all almost touched the ceiling, you know, like it's not easy, right? And he never said it would be easy, but he said it would be worth it. And so it's not going to be easy. But we can do it and it's possible and it'll always be worth it. It'll always be worth it. So the guys that you may admire in sports, uh, I'm always amazed when they they like show you behind the scenes with some of these guys. We recognize that they're really talented. But, you know, right now, I think Steph Curry is I used to be Kobe would be my guy. But, you know, Steph Curry, because last night, I mean, he's just killing it. And, you know, the Lord, you know, so that's my dude right now. But. When they showed him practicing, I'm looking at him make these ridiculous three-pointers from way out yonder. That's what he practices up. He'd be out there. He, he didn't just, you know, he didn't just wake up one day. It's not just lucky shots he's making. He's doing this at practice hundreds of times every single day. And so when he does it in the game and we're like, oh, this is unbelievable. For him, it's like he believed it. He didn't throw that up there not believing he could do it. You know, he worked at that. You know, that's just for a sport. But I look at those things. So that's the, that's the parallel Paul is drawing and saying, Will you put this kind of energy and effort and passion into your relationship with God? Because the goal is far greater. You could have the potential to impact another person's life to where they go from death to life. They go from being on their way to hell to going to heaven. They go from an empty existence on earth to one of value in me because of you. Just because you you disciplined your life because you you were in the battle. You were loving on people and sharing with people and walking it out. Sometimes people are just looking at you and they're like, man, I want I want what you got. You know, anybody that's trying to get fit. If you're trying to get fit, you don't look at somebody fat and be like, how'd you do that? You know, you, you might find out if you're trying to get fit. Right. You might see somebody that was fat. Now they fit. and You'd be like, how did you do that? Because obviously you did it. So if you could tell me what you're doing, I want to do what you're doing so I can get where you're at. Their body says, I, I, I've been victorious in this thing, right? But, you know, I, I got a goal, a fitness goal right now. I ain't looking for nobody fat to tell me. All you can tell me is, what did you eat to get there? <laughs> I need to probably not eat what you eating, you know? But um, when it comes to spiritual things, it's the same way. Some of us are so vocal and talking and don't realize that you deleting what you say by what you do. People that hear you and they watch you and they're like, you're saying all that stuff, but look at you. And I can't hear nothing you got to say. You just deleted out. Everything you say might be true, but it's deleted by your life. But you could also live in such a way where people are so, you know, they're enthralled. They're looking at your life saying, wow, there's something there that when you speak, they're all ears. I'm all ears. If you, you know, whatever you have to say, I'm going to listen because obviously, you know, something that I don't know and I want to glean it from you. So that's what I'm saying that we want to live in such a way. That's one like small thing that I can help other people. But my life then glorifies God. God is pleased. That's the goal. The, the prize. What are we going after? What's the prize for you and for me? It's that God would be pleased with our life, that he would be glorified. The one that died for me, that he could look at my life and say, man, I, that blesses me. 
And you know what? We've been made in the image of God, and God gives us a taste of what that would be like. Anybody here that has a child that does something makes you proud, whatever it is. You have me have one of your kids made just, you know, they just made just everything you poured in, and you finally see it coming to fruition. You see they just, they're listening to counsel, they're doing well, and, just, and that, that part of a parent that just wells up and just, oh, I'm just so proud of this kid, you know. God said, that's, 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 you made my image. And so that, that, whatever that feels like, that, that sense of, man, they're, they're taking, they're listening to me, and now they're being blessed by listening to me. Listening to me is just to bless them anyway. When we obey our Father in heaven, that's what he has. He's looking down there saying, oh, man, that, man, it pleases him. It pleases him. He just, just like a dad whose heart just wells up, or a mom, you know, just to see their kid listening and obeying and doing, and then as a result, being blessed. God's commands aren't to restrict us, are they? They're there to keep us where we can be in a place of blessing. That's what he desires. So um, back to Paul here. He said he said, run in such a way that you may win, that you may obtain it. You can run. You can be in the race and running, but running in such a way that you're most definitely going to lose. Not trying hard, not going all out. You know, I've talked to you guys a couple of times. My son is on the basketball team right now. And they didn't start out with a whole lot of, you know, they weren't deep with talent to begin with. Um, so I, I, I watched the first couple of practices. I said, wow, this, this is going to be something else to watch, you know. But we got a, it's a couple of kids out there. And, and it's been so awesome to watch how it changed. Because when it first started, the kids that were starting and I'm looking at them, I'm like, man, these kids don't have no heart. The kids that you would look at their body and say they should be the main kid, they just won't take a foul, don't want to get hit. Oh, I'll hit my elbow, you know, and I stuff that as a dad, you looking like, man, suck it up. Take that, you know, go get some, you know. And um, there's some other kids, though, that they go hard, you know, they just little. And so there's one little kid. I mean, when he get out there, he just going hard. I'm like, they need to let him play all game. Like, he don't care about the foul. He, he going to the rack and you can just. Give it to me. You know, he's just going for you. He's playing defense. I'm like, that kid need to be out there. Another kid, he's real big. And, you know, and I said, man, but when he's out there, he play hard the whole time. And as time's gone on, those kids have shifted into where now they're starting. They deserve to start. They're not the most talented, but they're playing to win. When we be down, we were down one game, 40 points. You know, and so you got kids who just like, they done quit. They done quit. I'm like, man, you still got to fight. You know, we, we could maybe lose by 20 if y'all fight enough, you know, but, um, you know, you're looking, you're looking for kids that are fighting, that are like, man, I'm, I'm still trying to win this. So you got kids out there that are in the game, they're playing, but they're not playing to win no more. Don't let that be your, your Christian experience. You're, you're out there, you're in the game, you're naming the name, I'm a Christian, but you're not really in the fight. You're not really running to win. There's no, you're not taking any hits. You're not willing to sacrifice anything. Anything's going to make you uncomfortable. You're just, oh, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Oh, don't touch me. I don't want to get a foul. You know, whatever. It, don't let that be your Christian experience because that's not God's will for any one of us. And so look at what he says next. Look at verse 25. He says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. So he says, everyone who competes, that word competes, it means to endeavor with strenuous zeal, to strive to obtain something. It's, this is not lightweight. You know, this person is working hard. Uh, once again, if you write notes, it's to endeavor with strenuous zeal to strive to obtain something. That's what it means when he says everyone who competes. For those that are competing, they're striving. They're, they're exerting themselves. There's energy. There's effort that's putting into it. And they're, they're doing it for the prize. Now, the prize is different for an athlete and for the believer. This should make a difference, too. Now, these athletes in particular, the ones Paul's talking about, 
When they win, they would win a little wreath that would go around their head. It would be an olive tree leaf. Um, there was another kind of leaf that it was made of, uh, something that would perish. You know, that thing would only be good for a week or two and then it would die and crumple up. And I guess you could sit it on the thing. It wasn't even a it wasn't even like a gold trophy, you know, or a medal. I mean, they would just uh, uh, somebody wove some leaf together, put it on your head. All I mean, they worked all year when they came to these it's me and games. They had to work for 10 months. They had to have 10 months straight of preparation to be able to get in. If they didn't do the 10 months, if they showed up unprepared, they couldn't compete anyway. So, they, I mean, you think of the discipline, the commitment, the everything else for this little bit of reason. Now, there might have also been a little bit of bragging rights. You know, um, I know most guys, you know, I've seen guys that go hard, you know, battling for something. And I've seen guys playing basketball and you swear, are you getting paid? I mean, we just at the park, bro. You're not, you're not getting a prize. You won't get no shoes out of this. You know, you got some people that that's just how they play. They compete. They go hard. They want to win just for man pride, just to be able to say, I won. You know, I beat you again. You know, so now they do this, Paul says, for a perishable crown, something that's not going to last very long. But you and I, our service to the Lord, you know, our, our running our race, we have the opportunity to store up treasure to, to to win prizes you know prizes and sense spiritual things that that go on before us jesus told his disciples don't store up your treasures on earth where moth and dust corrupt where thieves break in and steal he said no store them up in heaven where you're going to have it for all eternity right live for the next life live for the life that's to come now paul had an interesting vantage point without time to go through all of his life but at one point paul was stoned uh we believe to death and when he went in Iconium, they stoned him and they left him for dead. They, they didn't stone you to hurt you. They stoned you to kill you in them days. And then the Lord raised him up. And I've always, when I look at that, I'm always amazed at the story because what what where did he go when he got raised up? Right back in. That's my kind of God. Paulson, I'm coming back. I'm not done. God raised me up once. I'm coming. Must be not done yet. You know, he went right back in there. But in that time frame, it says that he had gone into the third heaven. You know, there's three heavens. There's the atmosphere where you live right now. That's the first heaven. There's the galaxies in space. That's the second heaven. Then there's the third heaven. That's the spirit realm. That's where, where God exists in the unseen realm. And so Paul got a glimpse of the third heaven. Interesting to me that when he got there, he said the things I saw, it would be a crime for me to try to put it into words. So I'm always kind of taken back when people say they went to heaven and they write books and selling them. <laughs> Because I don't know if you went or not. I know Paul went and Paul said the things I saw, it would be a sin to put it in the human words. You're going to have to wait till you get there. Indescribable. And it goes along with 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have it entered into the heart of man things that God has prepared for those who love. Him. He said, you can't even, you ain't seen it. You ain't, I like that idea better anyway. You know, that it, you mean heaven is so amazing that you can't even put it in the words? Because I can put Hawaii in the words. I've been to Jamaica. I put Jamaica in the words. They're beautiful too. But he said, what I saw, I cannot even put it into words. So a man that's been into the next realm, he knows what we have to look forward to. He's saying, guys, store it up. We, we have opportunity to store treasure way up there. To, we, have a, we have opportunity to win prizes that are there for all eternity. And so we, we want to compete in that sort of way. If these people can compete like that for temporary prizes, for those of us, we have so much more to gain. So he says this, and everyone who competes for the prize, first thing, he's temperate. That means he's self-controlled. Uh, if you, you check out any of these Olympic athletes, um, it's amazing 
what they have to endure over the year. They can't eat like everybody else. They got to work out. They got to be on regimens of workouts, you know, so many hours a day. These ain't little workouts. These are they working out, out, out. You know, they're working all year long for one day, one period of time to go out and run or go out and swim, to go out and, and do whatever the case is. All of that. And at the end of the day, at the best case scenario in our day, you get a medal. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This book addresses the idea of confronting sin. Paul knew it was more important to hit the issue head on rather than skirt around it for the sake of being approved of by the majority. This is a hard thing to do when you know that tough issues will cause disruption in a church or even a breach in relationship. But what matters most, pleasing God or pleasing man? It's something to keep in mind as you continue to study this New Testament book. Can we encourage you as you strive to walk out a life of faith, even when it's unpopular? Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. We'd love to meet you. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You can even find links to stream our services if you're not able to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and may be hearing about Jesus for the first time? Pray that their hearts will be open to truth and change. Thanks for praying and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.